Good evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you are listening to us on your commute, while you get ready in the morning, while you're doing other things. Either way, we're back. This is Pod Thing. I'm Corey, and today I have a very special guest host, since Antonio has taken a brief reprieve this week. I'm joined by longtime contributor to our show in its former incarnation. I am joined by the one and only co-host emergency replacement extraordinaire, Pop Culture Junkie. Hello, hello. Thank you. Welcome. And uh, thank you for welcoming me back to the show. It's good to be here. It is awesome to have you. How have you been, my friend? It's, it's, it's been a while since we've had you on last. It's been a minute, definitely. And things have changed. And uh, I'm looking forward to the new, the new show, everything. But uh, yeah, it's been a minute. And uh, things have been hectic and busy in my life. Got a, got a one-year-old. We, my family and I moved into a new house, so all in all, that's already you know everything that's going on and, and uh, taking up all the time. So, yeah, it's been a busy, busy summer. Uh, not to mention all the craziness we've got going on in the real world. Let me, yeah, the the craziness of the real world is one reason we're still plucking along at this plucky little podcast, right? But hey, I'd I'd be remiss if. I didn't actually spill the beans and say, yes, there is going to be wrestling content in this show. It wouldn't be a pop culture junkie episode without it. But that's coming later. We've got some more things to talk about first. <sighs> oh, we don't want to we don't want to talk the air off all the way right away just with the wrestling stuff. Not right. I mean anyway. we could, but that'll probably be the second two hours of this show, knowing <laughs> the way we go with it. <laughs> but before we Please. get to that, <laughs> let's 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 start with something that happened in the time between episodes that's actually near and dear to my cold, dead little heart, and that is something called Games Done Quick. And okay, that's something I'm not familiar with, so I I need to be uh, educated here. Oh man, we get to flip script on a novice's guy. Yes. Look at us go. All right, so Games Done Quick is. A speedrunning group. They have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash games done quick. Uh, throughout the year, they do things. It's called Hot Fix and the First Step and other little events where it's teaching you how to speedrun or blind speedrun, showing you how to take those first steps, learning RNG and games and things like that. Um, but their big two main events every year happen in January and usually in July. This year it happened in August due to before mentioned COVID-19 pandemic, is Awesome Games Done Quick, which is the winter event, and Summer Games Done Quick, the summer event. So we had AGDQ. It happened in its regular format. They raised $3.2 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, which was a great job. Flash forward, we have a pandemic globally. We're not holding live in-person events. Purse strings are tight. People are out of work. GDQ still plucks along as an online-only event, which I'll talk a little bit more about. But this year, SGDQ online raised $2.3 million for Doctors Without Borders. Nice. And they did it by playing what is probably some of even your yours and my favorite games. A um, couple of runs I'd like to highlight. Number one, Doom Eternal. That was just a fun hype run. Um, watching them play Doom and just destroy it as quickly as they did, it was great. 
Um, closely followed by the Devil May Cry 4 run. That was great. The commentators made it. The runner, I believe he's from Brazil. He didn't have a microphone that could work while he was streaming or it would crash. <laughs> so the whole run, his commentators are explaining to you what his facial expressions mean and his body language means in the most awkwardly wrong way possible. <laughs> and it was great. It, it was another highlight. Um, for those of you who maybe have or haven't played it, there is a six-hour speedrun of Final Fantasy VII Remake out there. Mm. Um, but more for what your wheelhouse is here, Mr. Junkie, for, sorry, for what I guess we can quote-unquote retro game, which I hate that term for games we grew up with, but they do, of course, always have Sonic and Mario Block playing the classic Genesis Sonic games and your classic side-scrolling Mario 1, 2, 3, mm. and I think they did World this year. Oh, nice. Uh, they do some Kaizo runs as well. Uh, I believe they actually did a game this year that I'd never seen before and didn't know existed. Hmm. Homie the Clown. From In Living Color? Yes. Homie don't play that? Yes. <laughs> There's a is, wait, like are we talking like 8-bit style? What kind of like, what kind of style it's is It's a side scroller 16-bit style game. <laughs> what is this available on? I must play this. So I will send you the the links to it later. Uh -huh. But yes, there was that and the Pringles game were run this year. Homie the Clown, it is a video game. came out in 93. What? For DOS. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it is that. based on Homie the Clown from In Living Color. Yes. <laughs> and oh, that was God. one of the games at Summer Games Done Quick. Did it did it not do well, and that's why we didn't get a Fire Marshal Bill sequel? Yeah, basically. I mean, even the even <laughs> the only page I could find on the game, the Wikipedia page for this game, is literally a paragraph telling you it came out for DOS and was based on <laughs> Homie D Clown from In Living Color and the box art, and that's it. Oh my god, I want the box art. <laughs> I just want that now. <laughs> and then there's also Pringles, the game where you're just the Pringles head eating chips. Okay. And that was a Japanese only Genesis game. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with uh, Chester, Too Cool, and uh, Spot. I'll stick with those from the the, the Sega and SNES days. <laughs> wow. Yep. So GDQ, as those runs I mentioned, take a look. Uh, also, quick shout out to the Dusk Run. Uh, the developers of the game Dusk were actually on the run with them, watching them break their game. It's the second time they've been on. Um, they were also on AGDQ, famously getting banned from talking on GDQ for cursing. <laughs> so watch that one. It was a quick run, but it was a good run. Um, and mm. I guess I'll move away from GDQ. I can <laughs> keep going. Believe me, I could talk for a while about the world records and the speed run yeah. coolness that happened. But alas, we must move on. But no, I mean, it's a good, it was a good thing. It, it raised money for good reasons. And it's something that... Unlike a lot of things that are having to be really flipped upside down right now, and if even not able to be done, like you know, you compare it to like convention stuff and whatnot, you can't do that stuff nowadays. Now you got to do it all online. This is something you can still do, and obviously, it still paid off to do it because you could do it from home and still, you know, do a good cause. Exactly, and that's that's it. It's just a great cause that they were able to do from home, and shows you that events like those can still happen. Mm -hmm. even in a pandemic you can still have events where you're coming together as a community of people and and doing good or just hanging out and that's what it yeah. was you had hundreds of thousands of people 
donate and watch these streams just because you guys were playing games and having fun. Well, I mean, everyone's starved for entertainment right now, too. You, know, you can't go to a ball game. You can't go to a movie without risking life, literally. So just stay home. People are just watching streaming stuff all the time. And how many times can you watch the same show over and over? I mean, I can, but still, this is something for a good cause, and it's something new. So you get to watch something new. Go for it. You know, actually, speaking of watching, that's a great segue to move into kind of my next, my, the next little thing. I guess a good question for you, Mr. Junkie, is what have you been watching during this lockdown? You know, I know <clears> the <throat> world was captivated by Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, coming soon to a screen near you, played by Nick Cage. And the <laughs> world was shocked today when they heard Carol Baskin, you know, was going to be on Dancing with the Stars, that bitch. Oh, God, I'm so sick of hearing that. I, I, quit making but, dumb people famous, please. Right. But Ugh. in all seriousness, what have you been watching? Let's see. What have I been watching? Uh, a lot of reruns on streaming stuff. I tend to watch a lot of King of the Hill and Married with Children. But, and, and you know what? I was one of those late bloomers when it came to The Office. I did not start watching The Office, I think, until right after our son was born. And then that was, it got to be, that was something we could have on uh, that wasn't over the top in like being offensive or worrying about our young child hearing you know bad words or something and it was something we could just have on nowadays it's become the one thing i can put on in the background and i don't have to worry about doorbells because our dog is super sensitive to doorbells so anytime we hear a doorbell on tv or if we try to watch a wheel of fortune we're screwed because he's gonna bark all all day long uh I'm trying to think what have i watched recently i think the newest stuff i've watched was uh you ever, did you ever watch the umbrella academy I have not yet. It's on my watch list, but I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay, we, we knocked out... It's only like eight episodes, I think, from the first season. I think I know the second season just dropped uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago now. And uh, we watched The Umbrella Academy probably in maybe a week. We, watched, we finished it off, which was funny because we hardly have time to do stuff sometimes. But we watched like an episode a night and then we were done with it. Um, that was okay. Uh I think it had it had a good story. I just didn't like how uh, okay, it it kind of reminds you of like X-Men meets uh what's it? Well, it's kind of like X-Men really, obviously, cuz you have these uh individuals that are gifted. Uh they have some type of power or superpower, supernatural power or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh sort of sort of like an X-Men, you know, has mutant powers or Whatnot. They're not gods. They're not like Superman necessarily, but hey, uh, it's it's about an older gentleman who's rich, wealthy. Um, he made his fortune in umbrellas of some sort. I remember it was some kind of umbrella gimmick. I'm forgetting now, but anyways, he adopts all these children that are born at the exact same time that he somehow already knew they were going to have these special abilities, and he teaches them things. He is like a horrible father, but he's a great trainer kind of uh, relationship he's more worried about them training and uh, growing up to be you know warriors and fighters and prepared for some kind of battle and i didn't like that it's like fast forwards to they're already like in their like 20s or 30s so you don't see any of their upbringing except for a little bit of flashbacks uh so i'm like i thought this was going to pace itself out like we're going to see them grow learn their stuff no it's all flashbacks which is okay, but it's just different. 
Um, but I felt like they had like a whole lot to do in a small season. <clears throat> so maybe if they had a longer series or a long, you know, longer season of like 20 episodes or so, they could have stretched things out and explained more, but it was okay. I'm curious to see the second season because they left us with a big cliffhanger. I won't spoil it. Um, but that's probably the newest thing I've seen, except for just some random movies. I'm trying to think of any movie I've seen now. Have you watched anything recently? So, I actually watched, so, actually this week I've watched, let's see, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I finally got around to seeing that. I still haven't seen that. I want to see that. So, that was really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it, especially the fact that I didn't realize that it was an alternate telling. Mm-hmm. Of what it, of 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 that story, and it was interesting. I don't want well, to spoil too much. I, I mean, it's kind of like you know, he he. I know he did kind of the same thing with Inglorious Bastards, where spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Inglorious Bastards, they killed Hitler finally, and we never killed Hitler in movies before for some reason, but they did. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what kind of twist or different take they do with this story because I know it's about the Manson family and everything. So Yeah, so it's yeah. it's really cool. So I finally watched that, which led me to finally watching the Hateful Eight for the first time. Oh, okay. That I've seen. Okay. Which was also really good. My wife, on the other hand, thought it was kind of dumb, but she uh-huh. doesn't like Westerns too well and I liked it. So that's all I care about. But I watched that. Um let's see. I've actually watched a couple of more recent movies recently. What else did I watch? Those two spring to mind because they were the two most recent. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, there. okay. Uh, one movie. Let's see. Uh, have you heard of the uh, Peanut Butter Falcon? I have not, but I've I've heard of it, but I have not mm-hmm. seen it. Okay, we just watched that like two nights ago, and it was good. It's uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, what's her name? Uh, Dakota Johnson, she was the girl from the okay. Fifty Shades movies. Um, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's got a lot of people in it, a lot of like cameo moments. Um, it's got, like Thomas Hayden Church is in it, and uh, Bruce Dern, two great, two of my favorite actors, two great character actors, of course. Um, but it's about a uh, kid <clears throat> who is uh, he's not really a kid; he's like twenty. Uh, but his family like abandons him, leaves him to where the only place the state placed him whenever he was a little bit younger was in a retirement home. They didn't have anywhere else to put him uh, that where he could be taken care of. And he's put into a retirement home. And his dream is to go to a wrestling school in Florida that is uh, run by the former uh wrestler champion <clears throat> saltwater redneck <laughs> which okay. is who is played by thomas hayden church i'm like thomas hayden church is a wrestling character i love it already so uh he, that's his goal in the movie he wants to go to that school and and learn to be a wrestler now the kid is uh uh down syndrome he has down syndrome and uh he, of course, is normal and everything. He just has that that uh, disability. Um, Shia LaBeouf is a uh, fisherman, and he finds uh, 
he comes upon the kid and I'm forgetting the kid's name. That's why I keep saying the kid, but he call, he calls him the kid all throughout the, the movie. So, uh, but he, he meets the kid after he's gone through a lot of ups and downs in his life. And he's really struggling with a lot of emotions, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character. And so the two kind of find each other and then uh, partner up to, f- he helps him to go on the journey to get to this uh, uh, wrestling school. Um yeah, I'll leave it at that. It's a good movie, and to, uh, okay. the, I think the description of it even compared it to like uh, to like a Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer story kind of thing. Where I can see that it takes place in modern time, but I could see how it could be related to that. Where you have these two complete opposites that find each other, help each other out, and really they help each other in ways you didn't see coming because they didn't realize, oh, you are actually helping me become a better person or this kind of person or whatever so yeah it's a really good story okay i'll have to i'll have to check that one out something i can actually i remember the movie i was talk about a minute ago was actually also i watched nights out the other day oh yeah i want to see that still so that was really good it's actually available on amazon prime so if you're a prime subscriber you've got it and you can watch it it's really mm-hmm. good i mean it's, it's it's a murder mystery with a great ensemble cast daniel craig's great um Jamie Lee Curtis is hilarious in it. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's really good. I mean, you don't ex- the movie gives away who did it halfway through. You figure it out. The movie shows you, and then it's going mm-hmm. from there, figuring out the rest of it. But there's so many other twists in this movie. It's it it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It was a lot of fun. And isn't that directed by Ryan Johnson? It is. Yeah. And <laughs> so. Ryan Johnson in Star Wars, not my favorite. Ryan Johnson movie on its own, hey, actually really yeah. good. So, don't judge his filmmaking by Star Wars alone. I, you know, don't blame him. I don't don't judge him on that alone. Well, he, he, out I mean, he was a different. fine. He was a fine director before they gave him Star Wars. He was he had he had done other things that got him there, obviously. But yeah, well, let's not even go down that rabbit hole of what of the Last Jedi and everything. Yeah. I don't know. Let's not even yeah. talk about that Star Wars. We've talked about it so much that we need to move away from Star Wars. <laughs> um, I've also been yeah. checking out some older TV shows, and one of which I think maybe you've seen. Um, I got my wife into it, and that was USA. They're both actual old USA shows, and I say old. They're over 10 years old now, so I guess that's old, mm. right? Um, Burn Notice? Uh, heard of it. Never saw it. Really good. Um mm. Bruce Campbell, the breakaway star of that show. Let me not even kid you about that. Yeah. Um, really good about a former spy who was burned and wow. put together a small team with a former Navy SEAL played by Bruce Campbell. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who plays the main character, I can't remember his name. It's, uh, it's something Donovan. It's either Landon or Brandon or something Donovan. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, if you've seen this, another movie I saw recently was LBJ that had Woody Harrelson in it. I don't know if you've seen that, but he plays JFK in that movie. Connection there. Okay. Anyway, and then Gabrielle Anwar plays the female lead. She, I'm trying to think of something else she's been in, and I, I can't. Anyway, it's really good. It takes place in Miami. Former spy, trying to figure it out. Takes odd jobs being a mercenary. The other mm-hmm. show I've been watching is another USA show, White Collar. And that one, mm-hmm. better action of the two. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you have a newborn, that's what you watch. TV all night because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Uh, I mean, one show I tried to watch, I don't know if you saw it yet or, or gave it a chance. I tried, tried to watch uh, Space Force on Netflix. Okay, I loved Space Force on Netflix. 
Yeah, I I tried watching. I watched the first episode uh, almost to the end, and I was I was still like rubbing my you know eyes, scratching my head, just like huh. And then I was like, you know what, real quick, before I even continue, let me have my wife come and watch it with me. So another night, uh, I was like, here, let's just watch as much as you can, and let's see how you react to it. Let's just and whenever you want to stop it, we'll stop. It. And we start watching. Uh, she just got past the appearance of John Malkovich, and then she was like, "I, I'm not laughing. I'm not being. I'm not even amused. Like it's just just dragging." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so <laughs> I like it. Um, for me, a lot of that's also the military humor. <clears throat> and having mm-hmm. been in the military, a lot some of that humor mm-hmm. I understand a lot. I understand a lot more." Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you the show does get better as the season progresses toward the end with some legitimate character development as well. Okay. And it uh, does have some really good funny moments. Like, I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, we actually have talked about this on the mm-hmm. show. Antonio and I covered this show mm-hmm. for a little bit and talked a bit about it, but the Chinese beat us to the moon. <laughs> the Chinese beat us to the moon. And then we go up there and it's really good to be black on the moon. Uh huh. Which it's actually you'll have to watch that because it's funny. But okay, um, and then we sabotage the Chinese by poking holes in their moon tent with wrenches while they go to ours and do the same thing. Oh God! <laughs> yep, because in space there are no weapons, just sharp implements wow. to pop your pop your thing. Which is great that they <laughs> actually keep the whole no weapons in space treaty that's actually real as part of uh-huh. the show. Okay. But military humor-wise, it's great. I mean, they all bust on the Coast Guard, which all military branches do, and it's funny how Space Force is even outranks the Coast mm. Guard in the military hierarchy. Yeah. So I enjoyed it, but I also understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, it's kind of like The Office. It's a very hit-or-miss kind of comedy in that show. Right. Uh, and that just reminded me of another show that we did start watching that I was like, okay, I'm a fan of this person anyways. I love his stand-up. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of his stand-up. And I like his uh, previous uh, show, which you just mentioned, The Office. Talking about Ricky Gervais. And, uh, Afterlife. Of course, uh, actually, no, Derek. Wow. I haven't seen Derek. I, I haven't seen Afterlife yet. Uh, that's the that's that's what I'm gonna watch or we're gonna watch next once we finish Derek. We're on the second season of Derek right now, and I think it was only two. It's only two seasons, and like a a third ep or one episode on the third. I don't know. It said something like that on Netflix, but I think it's only two seasons. But uh, this show, like it, it tugs at the heartstrings. It makes you laugh, and then at the same time, you're like sitting there going like, "Oh man, that really hit hard to home." Like. Uh, Gervais, like he plays a, uh, I don't know if they recall say what he has. It's not like he has Down syndrome or anything like that, but he is, uh, you can tell he's, uh, mentally challenged of some sort. Um, a special needs kind of, kind of type of person. Um, but he works in a, uh, retirement home where obviously elderly people go to, you know, spend the rest of their, you know, the last days there or however long they have. And, so you deal with a lot of death because you have elderly people that are either just getting old or they also may have, you know, some illnesses that lead to, you know, them passing away. But uh, you deal with that throughout the episode. You have Gervais, who is like the nicest guy 
you can't make him sad or you can't make him mad kind of guy. He's like, why do I, why do I want to hate? I, you know, it's, it's better to like everyone and never give a little bit of hate, you know, just like him, you know, cause that's it. That's what life's about. And you have other fun characters that uh, either work in the retirement home or they just hang out there. Um, like his friend, Kevin, who's just a drunk that just hangs out there. Um, you have Dougie who is the, uh, like caretaker, he he does all the maintenance stuff. He you know whatnot. He's a his uh that character Doug in the first season I thought was amazing. But uh, then you have Hannah who runs the actual. Well, she's the manager and everything. She runs everything. But each episode is only like thirty minutes to thirty five minutes long, I think, if that. And yeah, like there's episodes where we're looking at each other, my wife and I going like. Oh, that's like a like they really nailed it with this topic that is sad but true. Like the way people are treated in retirement homes in real life. You think you hear the news stories about the good and bads, and uh, just yeah, a lot of lot of emotion. So be ready for that if you watch it. <laughs> I'll have to. So I'll take a look. Yeah, yeah so that's and Gervais. Gervais is hilarious. Yeah, Gervais is great. I mean, The British Office was my introduction to him, and I loved it. And then a little mm-hmm. spinoff movie where Brent became a uh, rock star. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what we were watching to keep going with some entertainment before we talked about something depressing. All right. I have no way to go around it. It's going to be in the middle of the show and bring us all down a bump. And that's fine. It can. It will. We unfortunately are going to talk about two, I say two celebrity deaths. One was a big celebrity, the other an animation legend. We'll start with the latter. Joe Ruby, one of the greatest of Scooby-Doo, passed away this past week. Um, well, between episodes. 87 years old. Uh, it's sad, but he did live a nice long, full life. And, I mean, I wanted to touch on it because who didn't watch Scooby-Doo growing up? I mean, that's that's my childhood right there. I mean, I think every generation from the 60s forward has had an iteration of Scooby-Doo. For me, I watched a lot of the older ones with what's, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? a lot. And mm. the new Scooby-Doo movies, I grew up watching those. And then there was a pup named Scooby-Doo, and I watched that. Mm. And, and I kind of stopped watching after after around the time, well, after that, and I got a little older when I think What's New Scooby-Doo came out, I didn't watch that, and I hadn't watched since. Mm-hmm. But man, I have a soft spot for Scooby-Doo. And I cannot wait to show my kids Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I can't wait to introduce that to my son. I'm, oh, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Scooby-Doo, because <clears throat> uh, as, okay, as a fellow person who has, who, you have children, so you are going to always have the need for toys, and uh, not not all of us are millionaires, so I look up for any kind of clearance deals, bargains, and whatnot. So I'm always hitting up clearance sections at Walmart and whatnot. You can check out my PCJ on location videos from the past. Whenever before COVID, it was a lot easier to do those videos. Uh, it's kind of hard to do those videos with a mask on. But... Oh, I'm sure. Well, hey, on the bright side, <laughs> with the mask, you could actually do a face unveil. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but like. Uh... I want to say maybe about eight, uh, six months ago or so, went to Walmart and they had Scooby Doo figures and even the Mystery Van, or Mystery Machine, I'm sorry, uh, on clearance. I got the Mystery, Mystery Machine for like $4 and I got like Scooby Doo and some other characters for like a dollar each. So I have a whole collection of toys 
ready for him whenever he starts watching it. Whether he likes it or not, I'd be like, here, here's some toys to play with while you watch this. Check out Scooby, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. So for me, I'm lucky that my son has the obsession with Mickey Mouse that I have. Oh, nice. The downside is he's also obsessed with Paw Patrol. And let me tell you, that shows something else. I, I, really? I, I don't understand. I, I try watching it. I get it. But I'm watching it. And I'm like, but they're, it, it's just a bunch of talking dogs doing things. And it's great. And he gets obsessed over it. <laughs> just wait. You'll be there soon. Actually, I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, Paw Patrol ball pit. That it's an inflatable ball pit with the. It looks nice. like a ball pit you play with that, like Chuck E. Cheese or something. But yeah, uh, I got that for a dollar in clearance as well. <laughs> nice. We bought a Paw Patrol potty training seat. Oh man, <laughs> that's where we're at in life. Well, now, that, now that I know he's into that, I'll keep my eye out uh, for Paw Patrol items to let you know because they've had a bunch of Paw Patrol items, uh, like the vehicles and and uh, little figures. Real cheap sometimes at Walmart, too, so I'll let you know if I yep. see those. Yeah, no, so, quick aside, and I don't know if it's actually going to stay on the recording, but we take him, the when we go shopping and he comes with us, we sometimes let him go pick out a toy. Well, last time we went, he picked out a Paw Patrol toy. He got his favorite little Dalmatian puppy with the wow. higher hat. I think his name's Marshall. You know, and he pulls up the, the, the little backpack and he'll point it at you and say, water, like it's shooting water at you, and say, water. Uh, but last time we went, we're like, oh, he'll probably grab another Paw Patrol toy. Nope, he grabbed a toaster. Uh, <laughs> One of those D-Tech toasters. And has been obsessed with making toast for us for the last week. <laughs> and it's great. I spent as much awesome. on this little toy toaster that I probably spent on my actual toaster. <laughs> Parenting. But... I guess <laughs> moving on, our second celebrity death, um, tragically gone a little too soon. At the age of 43, black star of Black Panther, um, cultural icon, played a bunch of cultural icons for the African-American community. He played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. Chadwick Boseman. Colin yeah, Parker. gone way too soon. Leaves, leaves behind a... Uh, a, a great body of work, but I mean, I think what blows me away even more is when we found out the details saying that he had been sick since 2016, and yeah, he he has done other uh, acting jobs and 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 performances prior to that. Like you said, he played uh, in the uh, biopic in uh, 42, and then uh, he portrayed James Brown and such. But starting with 2016. Who you know? Who can say they all really knew about who this person was before he became Black Panther in Civil War? I mean, I had I didn't know of him honestly. I knew those movies, I but I didn't know that was yeah. who who played those characters. So, so I actually am one of the I'm one of the ones who actually did know because I followed mm -hmm. him in that. I loved him as Jackie <clears throat> Robinson of Forty Two. That was mm -hmm. the role that introduced me to him as an actor, and I thought he. Did well, so I did follow a mm -hmm. lot of what he did. Okay. I think thinking about it, that he was diagnosed in 2016. He filmed Black Panther. He filmed Civil War. Mm -hmm. He filmed. No, I don't know. Maybe did he? I don't know. Civil War. Civil War may have been right before that. But you know, think about it. Since the time he was filmed, he did at least three high demanding Marvel movies, and he well, went he and visited. Well, he he did, he did Endgame and Infinity War. 
So we'll see what happens for who's going to play Black well, yeah, Panther. Because I'm uh, hoping I think he was over to it. I think Black Panther was supposed to be a part of the next phase as well. So that that leaves a huge hole. I mean, not taking anything away from the the fact that we've lost a human being, but yeah, that takes a huge hole there uh, of what they had planned. I mean, everything's been thrown aside because of COVID, of course, and tossed around. So who knows what they were going to do? But uh, yeah, that leaves a a big gap. And you know, how do you how do you replace? Uh, he he was you know this character for uh for like you said those four films and he's obviously known for that so i don't know uh what they do there but yeah it was it was beyond uh impressive like i can't even pick the word to describe like when i found out how he would been diagnosed and been fighting this and struggling with it and was able to perform in these very physical, very physically demanding with very high expectations. Cause these are the Marvel movies that are, you know, every movie is making millions and millions and millions of dollars. So you better bring it and deliver. And, and he did, he did a, an amazing job as the character of black Panther. Yeah. I mean, he filmed one, two, three, four movies from the time he was diagnosed. Cause it's so civil uh-huh. war came out in 2016. Right. So from the entire phase three is what he appeared in he was fighting this and not even to top off just the work he did outside of it, outside of this with the other roles he was in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's impressive. And yeah, just one hell of an actor. Yeah. Like one hell of an actor. So yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's horrible and, and tragic. And uh, he's going to be missed for a very, very long time. And yeah, I just I uh, I saw the picture on I, I think I shared it on my Twitter, uh, say, showing he's he's in a hospital room standing next to the bed of a child that's mm-hmm. suffering and fighting cancer himself, and he's signing pops Funko Pops of Black Panther to give to him and and you know try to put a smile on the kid's face, and knowing the whole time you're battling your own battle with you know who knows what his stage was or what how. Uh, it was stage three he was diagnosed with in 2016, and mm-hmm. he's putting a smile on and trying to make make the world a better place, even though I'm suffering inside. and And he kept it all private. And that's that's you know his choice. That was you know perfectly fine. But it's it's like you just you never know. It's, I wish a lot of people in the world would realize now, especially with everything we got going on. It's like you don't know what every person or any person is battling or struggling with. And there's a perfect example right there. Exactly. Like somebody, it's like if somebody had said, oh, I saw that Black Panther movie. Oh, he, he just, he didn't do it. It was sort of terrible. When I was like, that now you want to kind of throw it in their face and be like, um, could you perform even half of what he did while fighting this? I mean, how most of the average people would be over in the corner just crying and being like, I'm, no, he sucked it up and and made sure like, I'm going to still do what I can while I'm here. Don't, don't waste the moment. Exactly. It just 2020 has been a year that's shown us all life's too short folks. Oh yeah. Most out of what you can do because yeah, it's, it's too short and I've got to take us away from the deaths. Um, We'll talk about some other things because ultimately this show is meant to take us away from the fact that reality is happening. So yes, we're going to a happy place. 
we we're, we're gonna go somewhere here so i've <laughs> talked we're gonna talk about something that happened dc fandom was an event that happened a bunch mm-hmm. of dc trailers came out and we're gonna save the one that i was the most skeptical about seeing the one i've already talked the most shit about on the show for the end <laughs> and we're gonna start by talking about wonder woman i'm i'm actually looking forward to this movie and I say I'm looking forward to this movie. I'm not looking forward to going to a theater to seeing this movie, DC. Why won't you release them digitally like other places are doing? Yeah, the Wonder Woman trailer. I was like, okay, we've already had two trailers drop. And the initial first one already had me, okay, you got my money. I'm going to go see it. Oh, I can't go see it now because COVID. But they dropped a whole bunch more of the uh, story and... We got a lot more idea of okay the the good guy bad guy scenario. We got more about uh, about uh, Cheetah, and we got more about uh, Chris Pine, and it's like uh, or Steve Rogers, of course, as the character. But it's like, yep, wow. Like and then uh, Themyscira. Am I saying that right? Themyscira is that the the her her, her Amazonian home yes. planet? Yeah, Themyscira. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the the flashbacks. With uh, her as a young girl, it looks like you know. It looks like they have like an Olympics something going on. Uh, just it looks amazing, and and I loved the the first one. I was I went. My wife and I went to see it. My wife, of course, huge Wonder Woman fan. Grew up you know idolizing Wonder Woman, and I I was impressed. It was the only and has been the only DC movie I have enjoyed. And so I was like, okay, when the sequel comes out, I'm I'm sold already. Come on, I want to see more Gal Gadot, obviously, but. I, they're they're doing this right. Why can't they get the the other stuff right? But yeah, this is the best that, that DC has done for me. Yeah, no, that was honestly, yeah, Wonder Woman's probably the top of what DC live action has been. You can't hold a candle to DC animated movies. No. I mean, nothing compares to those. And Batman vs <coughs> Ninja Turtles is fantastic. I haven't seen that. I need to see it. Yes, ah, you do. Batman vs yeah. Shredder is so good. I want to see it. And Batman I mean, yeah, and all the turtles the is so stuff. good. Yeah. Uh, but so Wonder Woman, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah is actually a casting decision I wasn't sure about, but seeing the trailer, I'm a little more. I'm more on board. I think it's, she. I, I think she. I think she's going to do well. I think more people just see her as the. Uh, I think people just see her more as the Saturday Night Live. Actress, and that's where anything else, it's all like hmm, really her. But I'm like, I I've always thought she was talented with anything she's done, and yeah, I've liked well, her, in, you know, bridesmaids and other things. But absolutely. I think she's gonna nail this uh, portrayal, of this character. Yeah. Oh, probably. I mean, so in that shitty Ghostbusters movie that we don't ever talk about, she was like the only good actor in the main cast was her. She was the best. So I'll have to take your word for it. I fell asleep 20 minutes in. I watched it. I watched it all the (laughs) way through. I held out for Bill Murray and I wasn't disimpressed for the, I was not unimpressed with the Bill Murray. Oh, so that's how I held out for other than that. It was a horrible movie. The Dan Aykroyd, but Uh that was about it. I can't wait for them to finish with the new reboot. Anyway, with yeah. the original. Anyway, back to DC, back to DC, back to yeah. DC. Um, other things, <clears throat> the Suicide Squad has a bunch of characters. Yeah. A lot and of characters. A lot of names. 
Yeah, are they overboarding this? Are, I mean, are we going to be able to keep track? Or some people like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, so and so, so and so, and then are we going to get another? Uh, who was it? Who did they kill off at the in the uh, in the first Suicide oh. Squad movie? Yeah, are we going to get like a real quick kill off, or they just to be a hi? I'm this guy. How are you? Right. You know, because I mean, you've got Nathan Fielding, <laughs> which is great. You know, personally, Idris Elba being in the movie, I'm already going to see it. James mm-hmm. Gunn doing it, I'm already going to go see it. The vintage kind of look to the way the title's looking on it. I'm gonna. It, it's hitting a lot of things. It looks good. I can't wait. I'll go see it. It can't be worse than the first one. That'd be a hard, hard thing to to try to and uh, outdo and and bad. Yeah. In front of the batch of trailers itself, we're getting, and I'm including the last one we haven't talked about yet as a whole. They all look promising. Yeah, I um, agree with that. I also think with James Gunn being the um, the director and writer of this one is going to have a lot to do with it after seeing as well with Guardians of the Galaxy, because I know that's going to have a lot to do with it as a script, and I have a lot to do with it, the directing, and I think he's good hands for this movie. So I guess that means we have the last one. And who is he? So, the last trailer that we got is for Batman. Vengeance. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I, I'm on record talking a lot of shit about this movie <clears throat> and the gun that killed his parents and the emo sparkly Batman and... This movie, I, I was impressed. It, it, the, 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 the cues, the riddles, the Riddler hype, the, the penguin. It looks great. I, it doesn't. Look, I can't say great, but it looks great compared to what I expected it would be. It looks very intriguing, for sure. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not saying it's going to be terrible. I'm not going to say it's going to be. Greater, great and better than anything we've seen before because that's that's too hard to I don't want to go in with any high expectations or high hopes and then I get disappointed. I'd rather just be like, okay, we're going to see a Batman movie. It's going to be a different take. So take that, you know, with consideration and then we're seeing a like a different time period of Batman. You know, we seem to go from he's a kid, parents are murdered, we jump forward, he's had training, he's beating up guys and throwing them off the roof or whatever, things like that. Uh, and Or we get the, the Chris Nolan version where we do get to see him train and become Batman and then whatnot. So <clears throat> this one, it's like, okay, we're kind of getting almost between... To me, if, if they wanted to, they could say, okay, you know that trilogy, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises? Well, this happens between... Batman Begins in Dark Knight because we're getting like he's only been Batman for a year or two. He's still, you know, becoming known to the criminal underworld and he's working with the cops in the trailer. That was interesting to see. Like he's just flat out standing in the middle of the mansion or whatever uh, house that they're investigating something and talking with the cops right there. And they're like, okay, yeah, it's just the dude in the uh, bat suit talking to the the detective okay and then i was like confused and I, this makes me want to see it more 
You remember the part in the trailer where he's flat out in like the interrogation room and he's surrounded yep. by a bunch of cops and they're shoving Batman up against the glass? Yep. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that it's it's I don't know. Like I said, I'm 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 actually gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna probably see it. I'll watch it. I mean, I, I love Batman, so yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I I'm not sold on Pattinson. I'm not sold on him until I see the movie. Um, I, I most people think of the sparkly vampire when they think of him, but I'm like, well, he's done other things. You know, he's he in has. the lighthouse, and he was even in Harry Potter, and I mean, he's done other stuff. So can't just hold the vampire thing to him because. There's been no, other he's actors. actually a really good actor. I just did. I wasn't thinking he would be a good Batman, and the well, trailer has shown me otherwise so far. So well, we'll it's like see. saying it's like saying okay, you know, because you played a a funny vampire, you can't do anything else. It's like well, Brad Pitt went on to become the funniest pikeish got boxer guy in Snatch, and I thought that was a big, you know. One one side of one character to the next, and then he went on to do Benjamin Button and other things. So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and it it goes the same thing kind of with like Ben Affleck himself. He was the bomb in Phantoms, but from Phantoms, <laughs> did you really see him becoming the actor he is now? I'm the wrong person to ask that because I never liked Ben Affleck. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Did you envision Affleck becoming the sensation that he uh, had never. that he was? Never. No. I see. I see him in. Well, we're getting off subject, but. When if with Ben Affleck, he's the same in everything he does. He's just Ben Affleck, and some yeah, actors no, I like him as can do that. Uh, no, he, he killed it. He did not. He, uh, I, I was like, no, you're, you're no, get away, get away from this. Eh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, Batfleck, Batfleck was better than George Clooney. Bat. Well, even George Clooney will say I, he doesn't even remember playing that. Probably, <laughs> he's probably. Had that me- that mentally erased from him, <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, but no, so we'll see. I mean, like I said, Pattinson, he's not a bad actor, and I I give him crap for being Twilight because I just like to talk crap about Twilight. Right, I think it's a stupid franchise, but he is talented. He was great as Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter, even though he was brief yeah. in it and died. Mm. Um, he was great in the Lighthouse. He's a talented actor, and I'm sure he'll be a great Batman. And the trailer is showing me he can be. Just when that casting was announced, I didn't see it in the way that the suit looked in the stills. Mm-mm. But seeing the suit in motion, I'm a little more on board. I am. Mm. I'm still skeptical it, because it's another Batman movie with yet another Batman. But let's not and, go there. And we're less than 10 years removed from the Chris Nolan, let alone Ben Affleck. Like, like, 10, like 2012 is when Dark Knight Rises came out. <laughs> that was eight years ago. And since then, we've had Ben Affleck in Suicide Squad cameo, Batman v Superman, Justice League. It's like we've had three uh, movies that had Batman in it since the Chris Nolan ones, which just ended again eight years ago. And we already have another person playing Batman. I mean, I guess that's if you don't count uh, the funnier die Batman stuff, too. So there's another person playing Batman, which... Are hilarious, right? I don't know. There's always a new Batman. Every movie almost has a new Batman, but it's cool. But um, why, why do you think it is that uh, it's like it, it's become a running gag for like better part of thirty years now? Where as soon as a, a Batman movie is coming out, there is immediate one 
person or character or actor is already just like the reason people are checking out of it. Like they're not, they're not going to check it out. They're like, Oh, Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. Uh, uh-uh, ain't watching that. What? Heath Ledger, the Joker. Uh, uh-uh, uh, ain't watching that. And then those movies came out. We see them portray it and we're like, Holy, how do we think otherwise? Wow. Amazing. So, and that's the thing. It's, it, it's that it's been given a lot of the times when an actor's character, <clears throat> especially in a role like Batman. So and I, I'll use Batman as a great example of it. Um, because Batman is supposed to be this dark and brooding character, you know, supposedly, mm. you know, grim backstory. And, you know, when you're looking at an actor for Michael, like for Michael Keaton, for example, who at the time was more known as a comedic style actor. Mm-hmm. I could I could see because you've got you're looking at this movie as, oh, Jack Nicholson's the Joker. OK, I forget who played commissioner mm. in those movies. Who was that? Who? I don't remember um, who the commissioner was. I know, you know, Harvey was in, I think Harvey Dent was in that movie. First one oh, was Billy, Billy, Billy D. Williams. Was Harvey yeah. D. Was Harvey, was Harvey Dent. Yeah. People are sitting there probably going, oh, Lando is Harvey? Really? Yeah. You know, Michael Keaton, that guy from Mr. Mom? Really? Is mm-hmm. that Jack Nicholson's the Joker? How can Jack Nicholson play the Joker? He's too serious. He can't do a role like that. Yeah. You know? I can, I, I, I mean, I understand that because it happens with almost any movie, especially on something that's based in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like for you and I, a movie that we're talking that you know, you and I could talk about is when the next Bond is cast, for example. We could sit mm-hmm. here and probably have that discussion of like when Daniel Craig was cast of why him, who was he, or Pierce Brosnan. Actually, yeah. Bond isn't that much around controversy with their guys who are cast half the time, but yeah, <laughs> you know, or Doctor Who with the doctors, the various doctors, and people wondering why these people were cast. Um, it happens, um, unfortunately. Right. I mean, I remember just people thinking like... Henry Cavill wouldn't have made a great Superman because he was British. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's always, uh, at least in my neck of the woods with everything pop culture related, it's like you, you know, you just, you always hear something, some character, whether it was Joker, Batman. Or, I mean, people aren't, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen a lot of stuff blow up on social media yet. Um, the main thing has been about Pattinson, of course, his portrayal in, the, in what little bit we see of him in the uh, trailer, which I'm like, we don't even hear Bruce Wayne talk that I remember in the trailer. We see Batman say a couple words, but we don't hear, Bat- we don't hear Bruce Wayne's you know, dialogue yet. And so I'm like, I can't say anything against his Bruce Wayne portrayal yet, so we don't know what it's going to be like. But I'm more intrigued about uh, the Colin Farrell and and uh, the Riddler and the Penguin. I'm more, I'm more worried, I'm wanting to see what are we going to get out of these yeah. uh, villains. So I will say the best casting for the Penguin ever was Danny DeVito. Yeah, probably I'll the say. best, most. It just it fits. When you look at what the penguin has always portray- has been portrayed as in the comics, and then you see him portrayed in animation, he's always that short, squat kind of guy. And Danny DeVito mm. fits that role very well. He I think did. Colin, I think now uh, that being Tim said, Burton I can't didn't do any wait. favors though with the way they no. made the character. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Tim yeah. Burton did not do any favors no. with the way they made the penguin. That's just classic no. Tim Burton. Yeah. But I, I can't wait to see how they do it with this one and how they're going to start to maybe introducing more of his rogues gallery to it because it's possible more yeah. of the rogues gallery is going to show up. True. So we'll find out. And if that means we get 
you know, I, I mean, obviously the goal every time it seems to be, we got to make a trilogy. We got to get some, you know, three movies at least or more. And if that means, yes, we're going to get, you know, bring back the Joker without Jared Leto playing it, please. And then we get yes. uh, Poison Ivy or Catwoman, of course. And we get other, other uh, of your, of your villains that you don't see all the time. Why not Egghead? Okay, I don't care. Bring back some uh, 66 Give me Clayface. villains. Yeah. Give me Clayface. I want Solomon Grundy. Just Solomon Grundy would be awesome. Okay, honestly, a big screen Solomon Grundy, wait, Grundy would be outstandingly cool. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I want a killer I want to see- that's not like the Suicide Squad one, though. <laughs> I'd like to see Bizarro Superman against Superman in a Superman movie. That'd there be we cool. Go. Or are they going to do like they did to General Zod in Superman? Um, or in Man of Steel, rather. Yeah. I'm still waiting, and you know what? They, so, look at it this way. Since we're getting a Batman, a brand new reboot, really, and it's only been, again, like a few years removed from Justice League, and we have like the Snyder Cut coming out the same time as this <laughs> new reboot is, <laughs> uh, I'm still, fingers crossed, before the day I die, I want to see an honestly good version of Superman doomsday i want a real superman doomsday movie uh i've I've seen the animated one it was okay but eh. and then they it was just a a walking poop monster in uh what was it justice or uh batman v superman which was like really one of the best moments in history for superman comics and you have him as a third rate side piece to the batman v superman fight what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or give me dark side. Yeah. Give me real dark side or apocalypse. Yeah. I don't know. I'm There's interested that. to see how the Snyder cut, how much changes with the Snyder cut. And even from there, you know, mm-hmm. we're probably going to see a rebooted Superman soon anyway. So mm-hmm. start those rumor mills. Now, who would you like to see cast as Superman? I joke. <laughs> I vote Jim, Jim for Superman, John Krasinski. Oh, <laughs> huh? wouldn't be bad. I, I mean, given the fact that Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, I could see anything at this point. Right. Seth Rogen for Superman. Oh, God. <laughs> so, finally moving on. No, you know what? I know who should play Superman. Nick I Cage? got it. Nope. Well, Nick Cage could have for that Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> but no, man. We got to talk about, so I'm going to nail this. Are you ready? Superman's going to be John Cena. Why not? And that's the perfect way to segue talking into the WWE. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, 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 do. do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right, WWE News. It's been a long while since we talked. I mean, we haven't talked WWE since WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a long time now. It's a lifetime ago now with everything happening. (laughs) Right. We watched the sold-out capacity crowd at the Performance Center for two nights of the WrestleMania that was too big for one night. And Uh, now we come back to what started a lot of our wrestling talk this time last year, where we sat down by the fire and had a chat about a novice's guide, and we went over SummerSlam. Well, that was 2019. This year, it was sold-out capacity crowd in that Performance Center for SummerSlam again. And I hear they brought the Thunderdome. Oh yeah, the Thunderdome. So <clears throat> did they have you know? Did they lower the cage? Did Mel Gibson show up? No, but I think Tina Turner was out back sleeping, just chilling, just yeah. 
just waiting. Know. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Have, have you watched at all to, or at least seen like what the Thunderdome actually is? So I'll be honest. I have not. I'm the novice. Okay. I'm looking at recaps and going to ask you about what happened because I am too. So unfortunately, just haven't had an opportunity. I need to watch it. I want to see mm-hmm. it. And maybe one of these sleepless nights with the newborn, I can. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I was curious what it was going to be whenever they announced it. They said we're introducing the Thunderdome, and then they uh, sent out a uh, thing on social media for a website you can go to where you can register to be a part of the Thunderdome. And I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I registered. I didn't get accepted. I did, however, uh, I did get an invitation for payback but I did not check my email in time. They sent me the email at like one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. And I didn't check my email until about eight 30 in the evening when the show was already almost over. And turns out I could have been on the Thunderdome. <laughs> so what it means is they now have moved into a arena that they've rented. So they're not in the performance center anymore. They're in an actual arena now. Uh, I think it's the, uh, uh, what is it? Amway, the Amway Center. And uh, what they've done is they've set up just like they would for a regular SmackDown or Raw or pay-per-view show. They've got their big Titantron for the stage. They've got the ring set up, barricades. Everything looks just like it would if there was an audience, except there's no seats. There's no uh, 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 chairs at ringside, nothing like that. Instead, when you have the hard camera, which is the main camera that faces the ring, uh, across from it, you have... A uh, about I guess ten it seems like maybe less uh, rows of LED screen just like from the the it looks like it covers the entire back of the ring basically uh, from side to side and what they've done is they will put uh, individual screens uh, like a checkered kind of thing and it's uh, just cameras that you use on your phone or your tablet or computer or whatever so when you log in they will automatically have you watching the show uh, not on your device because the feed is terrible from what i've been told it's very grainy so you might want to watch it on your tv and then use your smart device for the uh thunderdome and they'll just randomly click your camera on to when you're being part of the show and it's just it's like a skype zoom thing you're just your photo or your video is being fed into their led screen and so you see all these people just sitting in front of their devices watching the show but it's not like you're watching the show from the point of view of where you are on the screen it's just your image on there (laughs) so it's like the nba's doing so the nba with their back where they have the virtual fan wall the fan experience or whatever they're calling it so, well, hey, you know what? At least they're doing that in lieu of cardboard cutouts. True. To yeah. be fair, though, with cardboard cutouts, you can see them wander the stands and use the signs to break over someone's back. Could you imagine Roman Reigns picking oh up someone's cutout, breaking it over Bray Wyatt, and that was... then that person gets an auto- gets their cutout sent to them with the autographs on it from where it was broken? Now, that'd be a cool little promotion. Okay, I want to buy a ticket to your promotion because that's something they would never think of and much cooler. <laughs> Hey, WWE, just so you know, I do work freelance. Oh, we know there's somebody listening. Come on, make it happen. Yeah, just so you know, WWE, I'm working freelance. Take MLB's idea. And MLB, some teams right now, they have cardboard cutouts. They can hit by the ball. They get that ball. They get that ball signed if they can. Right. 
why not WWE? It's perfect, and it adds more things to your set for people to break over each other. You can even make the cardboard <laughs> cutouts a little thicker, just a little thicker, or reinforce them with a couple of cheap pieces of wood, even just some two-by-fours or a ply piece wow. of wood. And that way, when they break it, it makes a loud snap for that nice camera sound. <laughs> yeah. But, so... I'm kind of disappointed that the Thunderdome itself isn't a battle to the death and it's just a bunch of video screens of people watching the match on their TV screens. It's, hey, watch me watch you on Skype. Mm -hmm. And I guess we can, should talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened with these events. So I'm going to be honest, I know none of the lead up to a lot of these matches. I don't know the, mm -hmm. the uh, <clears throat> fab storylines to it all. I don't know what mm -hmm. happens. But I've learned some terminology. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll start and maybe Bailey against Asuka. Uh, yes. So Bailey, uh, Bailey and Sasha at the time now, at the time of this pay per view, were the uh, women's tag team champions. And Bailey uh, was is the uh, SmackDown champ, women's champ, and then Sasha was the Raw champ. And the gimmick was Asuka won qualifying matches on Raw and SmackDown to challenge both of them for their belts on individual matches on SummerSlam. So the first one is Bailey defending her SmackDown title against Asuka. And Bailey, thanks to outside help with Sasha, is able to uh, roll up Asuka and got the win. So Asuka did not get the, the SmackDown win there. But it was a good match. And you have three very talented women part of this, so it was going to be good. Um, I'm glad because Bailey's been on a good run. She's a, she's a heel now. She started off as a babyface uh, ever since she first started on NXT and into the uh, main roster. And they've been trying this new heel character. It's, it took a little bit of time to get going, but I think it's great. I think she's doing a great job with it. So, uh, But yeah, the match was good, but uh, Asuka didn't unfortunately win the uh, title in this one. No, unfortunately, it says she did not. Bailey retained after the <clears throat> interference from Sasha. Mm -hmm. I do want to ask a little bit, though, about this. So I'm seeing, or I'm hearing at least, that a lot of baby faces are turning heel now, or are starting to turn heel more, more so now, like the Bailey heel turn, and one that's apparent that we'll get to here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, do you think maybe they're finally coming around to try to maybe make some better storylines with their quote unquote? big league talent like a Roman Reigns or a Bailey who's consistently got a belt or being pushed as a champion or, or champion contender? I think little by little there are. I mean, it always seems like they go two steps forward, one step back, and sometimes it seems like they go one foot forward, 12 steps back. It just, it, it's, WWE is a funny, funny company. They, they have, you know, everyone says like, oh, well, you, if you think you can do better, you know, prove it and it's like well yeah just stop being so stubborn with the things that will tell you we don't want to see or we don't like or if you want us to like this person or respond to react to this person here's how we want to react to them don't tell us we have to react this way and it's just WWE so heavily overproduced etc but yeah uh they've done some more uh, changes and it does fall into the storyline as far as uh, some of the reason why some people have changed from face to heel. And that that's going to kind of go into what we uh, what we'll get to later with the, uh, the main event. Yes, it is. So we'll move up to another match. Let's see here. So street profits 
retained mm-hmm. the Raw <clears throat> Tag Team Championships. This was a uh, okay match. Uh, Street Profits are a good like uh, power and high flying combo, and they fought uh, Andrade and Ado Garza with the very very attractive Selena Vega at ringside. That's their manager. And uh, the match was good, but again, unfortunately, this was more of a just like it's it's a match we've seen again and again, and they kind of get into that rut lately where. I know they're limited on their roster because of COVID. Some people either did test positive or are flat out saying like, Hey, I'm not working uh, shows. Even if it's, if it's, you know, under these better conditions of everyone being tested and everything, they're like, I, I they have reasons they can't. Obviously there's ones that have had illnesses and you can't take a chance. They have families and kids you can't take a chance on. So I get that and they should be respectful of that. But um, yeah, we get a lot of the same matches over and over. Sometimes some of the same people that it's like, okay, move on, try something else. <laughs> but it was an okay match. But I'm glad uh, Street Profits kept the belts for the time being. Okay, okay, good to know. I don't really have many questions other than on this mm-hmm. match. Um, other than I guess it's just it was a tag team match, which are always interesting to watch. Yes, yes. So we'll move up to the next match, which is Mandy Rose against Sonya Deville. And all I have to ask are is uh, is 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 it her and Otis? Are they still a thing? Yes, Mandy and Otis are still a thing. That's awesome. Yep, Otis, my hero. <laughs> Otis, uh, my hero. So this match, uh, it says on here, of course, that it was a no disqualification. Loser leaves the WWE match. Oh, another one of those. Okay. Yeah. Well, originally the match was actually a hair versus hair match, meaning the loser uh, gets their head shaved. Right. Well, uh, are you aware of the news in recent uh, with uh, Sonya Deville? What what happened with her recently? No. Okay. So, uh, in real life, this is not storyline. This is not fake anything. Kayfabe. Nothing. This is real life. Uh, about two weeks ago, I believe, uh, Sonya Deville had a stalker on uh, Twitter who had been sending her just real, like, just, you know, your, your typical sick stuff that somebody with no life and has no re- regard for anyone's, you know, well-being. Uh, sick tweets, very, like, you know, I love you kind of thing. Oh, we're, you know, you're this and that, but oh, we should be together. Just real, like, you're like, creep, okay, get away. Well, uh, he actually went to her home and uh, tried to break in, and she was home at the time, and uh, he he goes to her house, he cut a hole in, like, the screen to get into her porch, and he waited outside her uh, her, like, sliding window or door or something like that, and while he's out there for a few hours, he was just standing out there watching through the window, and he sent tweets while he was outside saying, uh, literally saying, "Hey, I'm here, and I'm gonna kill the I'm gonna kill the bitch that's there with you." She had Mandy Rose and her in real life. The two of them are really friends. They've been friends and 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 whatnot. And at the time, Mandy Rose was at her house, was at Sonya Deville's house. And the guy tweets, I'm going to kill the bitch that's there, and then I'm going to take you. And he was threatening to kidnap her. And uh, at you see on her home security camera, she's got a, she has security cameras in her house. You see her walk over on her camera 
to look out the window or the door and she sees him face to face right there. And then you see her quickly turn and walk away to get away. And they get in the car, they get out and they either ran off or, or got in the car and took off. And then, and then you see the guy walking into her house. Uh, and he was found armed with like a knife and other things and had like rope and whatnot. He was going to do some really horrible things. And they arrested the guy. The cops came and arrested him. And I mean, he's, there's no getting around it. The guy didn't, he was denied bond. He's not going to, you know, get away from this. He's got, you know, everything against him. So this happened just a couple of weeks before the pay review. And I don't know anybody that could be in the right mindset to uh, still go on TV and do any kind of, you know, storyline or whatever with the fact that you just had something like this almost happen to you. Um, so it came out later on after the match that they changed it to a no DQ loser leaves WWE match because the uh, attorneys did not want Sonya to, to everyone knew Sonya was going to lose. That was going to be the, the result that she was going to lose, but her attorneys didn't want her to, uh, actually get her head shaved and then appear in court for some reason, which I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? You're the victim. You're not the one that did something, and now you're going to look, you know, bald and scary or whatever. I, I, um, I could yeah. see that as a sign of maybe it. It could have been a sign of like mental instability or something, and I could understand yeah. that almost. I, I could understand that. I could understand if they didn't want to put have her, uh, put through. Like if I, if the company, not her attorneys, maybe, but maybe they were looking out for that. Or I can understand if the company was like, "Hey, you just had this horrible thing happen." Let's not also shave your head. Let's just let you do something else. And obviously, she's going to need some counseling. And how do you feel safe in your home after that? How do you feel secure anywhere uh, with with that kind of experience? So, yeah, it's obvious she was going to be leaving and, and stepping away for a little while to get uh, some just time you need to get over something like that. Uh, but the match itself, unfortunately, was not good. It was a no DQ match, which they kind of did a few things the worst part of the match was uh mandy rose pulls a folding table out from another ring and she struggled just to flip the table up on its legs uh took her like three tries to get it to to flip up after she set the legs up and then they didn't even do anything with it (laughs) oh wow okay yeah it's like no no one even went through a table it was like okay and then it ended with her just uh she hit a running knee to sonya a couple times and then pender and then yeah, that was it. So it's it's crazy that the real life stuff is had had more to say than the match. <laughs> I bet. Uh, well, you know, at least in the end, Otis gets his girl. <laughs> yes, he does. So we'll move on. Next match here: Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, this one was okay. It was a street fight. So again, no rules. Um. It's funny to see Dominic uh, now because I think he's like twenty two or something like that. And uh, if if you go back to two thousand five, he was part of a WWE storyline back then uh, when Rey Mysterio had a feud with the late great Eddie Guerrero at SummerSlam two thousand five. They had a ladder match to win the custody of Dominic because they had a storyline where Eddie uh, was saying that he was the father of Mysterio's son. 
And Mysterio was like, no, that's my son. And it's like, well, did Eddie bang your wife or not? What's the, what's going on here? And they had a ladder match for custody. They didn't ha- they didn't have Dominic hanging from the top and you had to retrieve him. That would have been hilarious, but no, they just had a, yeah, I win custody of Dominic ladder match. <laughs> But this was Seth Rollins against uh, Dominic, and uh, the yeah you know, Rollins and and Rey Mysterio have had a feud going for the last the, like the last two months now, and it's just been dragged out too long for me. Uh, Rollins, I was I'm a big fan of when he's uh, in the right character, and this character he's playing is now the Monday Night Messiah. It's just it's not good. It's boring, um, and they've had a thing with eye for an eye stuff where they had him shove Rey Mysterio's eye into his, the steel steps and supposedly pop his eye out at the last pay-per-view before this, and it was a fake eyeball, and it was just terrible. <laughs> I heard about yeah, that. Yeah. He lost his eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is hilarious, because uh, if you look at Rey Mysterio when he's on promos, he's wearing his mask, because he always has a luchador mask on, and then they just have a black like cloth over the eye, uh, that he supposedly was injured, and if you look carefully, it's a mesh cloth. You can see his eye blinking. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I mean the match was okay. Uh, I predicted Rollins was gonna win. Um, it's Dominic's first like big time match ever. So um, yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So I guess we'll move up and talk about the next one on my list, which is. Asuka won a championship this time. Yes. We have uh, Raw wins title. This time, Asuka challenging Sasha Banks for the Raw title uh, with Bailey at ringside. And uh, the match is good again. And uh, you had uh, the same moment happen as earlier with uh, Bailey and Asuka, where uh, the way it happened earlier in the night was. Uh, Bailey goes to uh, run into the ropes, and uh, Oscar. I'm sorry, Sasha is on the uh, apron, and then this time you have Bailey on the apron and Sasha running to the ropes with Oscar, but uh, Bailey ducks uh, instead of how Sasha took the hit. Whatever it was, Bailey defending her title, and uh, Bailey ducks out of the way so that uh, Sasha doesn't uh, actually get a, a little upper hand on Oscar. And Asuka's able to uh, apply her submission hold when uh, Sasha's distracted. And Sasha taps out to the Asuka lock and loses the Raw title. And it was kind of a given because uh, if you've been watching since Sasha's been around, every time she wins the Raw title, she never defends it, like, successfully. Every time she defends it, one time and loses it. (laughs) And she's like a six-time champion. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, but this is all just to build up more, uh, uh, what do you call it? Just They're building up a breakup between Sasha and Bailey because um, they're going to in- inevitably split up and, and feud. Um, and there was rumors that they were going to do it by SummerSlam because SummerSlam is considered to be like just as big as WrestleMania nowadays. And uh, because of COVID, everything got kind of delayed and pushed back, so they've drag this out a little bit further on so who knows it might be survivor series or maybe even uh rumble or next year's mania they finally have the blow off i don't know we'll see okay 
So one thing I noticed, and I don't know, I don't think we've talked about this yet, and this happened a while ago, that mm-hmm. her Asuka's partner is gone. Yeah, Kyrie saying she uh, her contract just uh, ended, and she didn't want to resign. She she had been wrestling here, and her husband lives over in Japan, and because of COVID and everything, um, she wasn't able to leave uh, to go back home anytime because they've kind of been on lockdown. With the uh, superstars, they just had them all stay in one spot uh, to avoid any other issues. And uh, she just let her contract run out and didn't want to resign because she wanted to go home with her husband. And who can blame her? Yeah, I understand. You can't yeah. blame her at all. Uh-oh. So we'll move up. And let's see. Next on my list, we have Drew McIntyre beats your favorite wrestler of all time, Randy Orton. <laughs> Uh, this match was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people will say it was an okay match, but, uh, yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, it's unfortunate that everything has happened with, with COVID and we got bigger things to worry about than a wrestling storyline, but it, it really has affected obviously, uh, the wrestling storylines because, uh, McIntyre, he won the title in an empty arena and he's still defending the title in really empty arenas. He's he has not he's been champion uh, his whole time. He's as champion. He's not had a live audience to cheer him or celebrate his his title run. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, they've been pushing Orton lately, and I get it because uh, I I mean I don't get it, but I get it because Vince has always had some kind of admiration or affection for Orton. I don't know why. I don't see it. I never have. Um, but yeah, Orton's been the person he's like gone to uh, in the last, like all of a sudden, like the last six months. Okay. Well, at least he lost. Cause I know you love him so much that you're so sad. He lost. Yes. I was in tears. I don't think I'll ever emotionally recover either. <laughs> Yeah, well, just blame Orton for the next one, I guess, too. So, f- moving up, we've got The Fiend. And you're going to have to give me a little bit about this match here. So, The Fiend beat Braun Strowman. Then Roman Reigns shows up, spears The Fiend, destroys Braun Strowman with a chair. And so, have at it. Let me know what happened here. Okay, so we had we had Braun Strowman, the good guy. The happy-go-lucky giant kind of character. And he first fought Bray Wyatt, the Mr. Rogers-style Bray Wyatt. And uh, the next pay-per-view after that, he fought Bray Wyatt, the the original version of Bray Wyatt. There's like three faces of of Wyatt nowadays, kind of like three faces of Foley back in the day. Right. And uh, Bray Wyatt as the, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what you call it, the cult leader. There you go. Uh, that was his gimmick. And uh, they, they, had a, a, uh, they had a match, which was a swamp fight uh, at the last peer review. And that ended them. They, they fought all through a swamp and woods and whatnot. And the match ended, if you want to call it a match, with Braun throwing Bray into the, the swamp waters and then the water began to like no no it didn't boil yet 
All of a sudden, Bray jumps out like Jason Voorhees at the end of Friday the 13th, pulling Braun underwater, and then the water turns red and boils, and then all of a sudden, the fiend comes out of the water. And then that's how they ended the show. They ended the pay-per-view that way, and you're like, huh? So, Braun's dead? The fiend drowned Braun? And okay, moving on. Okay, Braun is dead. Nice knowing you. And then Braun shows up you know, a couple weeks later on... SmackDown, like, I'm going to challenge you for the title. It's like, weren't you dead? <laughs> Are you a zombie? Is this oh, he's making some kind of sense? So Sounds he challenges... Like WWE. Yeah. He challenges The Fiend this time. So he's fighting Bray again, but this time it's as The Fiend at SummerSlam, and it's a false Count Anywhere match, and yet the pinfall that won the match happens in the ring. Why even have a false count anywhere stipulation if you're not going to pin somebody in the backstage or in a parking lot or something? That didn't make sense. But I know now why it did, because then you could have (laughs) Roman Big Dog with his new shiny veneers show up and spear the Fiend immediately after winning the title. And uh, yeah, he... (laughs) <laughs> he spears the fiend and he spears uh, or he just beat up Braun with the table with the chair and then yeah smacks uh, Braun with the chair white with the chair and then raises up the belt and says you know you know I, I this is my house bitch whatever he called him and we're like oh yay Roman's back yay but what I what I took away from it one yeah he had these crazy new teeth because he's got like these shiny veneer teeth now or something like that. Uh, but what I took from it is, and I posted this on social media, was uh, on Twitter, was uh, his shirt now says uh, wreck everyone and leave, something like that. And uh, if you go back in time, like 15, 20 years ago, another person way, way better called Stone Cold Steve Austin had a shirt that said, raise hell and leave. <laughs> it's like, are we trying to, you know, take elements from things that worked to finally make Roman work? Maybe, but uh, yeah, we weren't sure, okay, does this mean he's a heel or he's just coming in as a badass? Um, and we get more of that later the following week with the uh, episode of SmackDown and then finally Payback, of course, but yeah, it was a weird uh, ending uh, because... Okay. Everyone was like, oh, well, you know, Roman's not coming back until COVID is done or something because he had, you know, put out everywhere saying, uh, you know, hey, I have, you know, hello. The guy, and I can't blame the guy, the real life. Again, I'm talking about Joe Anohi. That's uh, Joe, uh, the, the man that portrays the character Roman Reigns. In real life, he has been diagnosed with cancer twice. And thank God he he was able to get out get over it and and you know it, it it's not a problem right now, but we already know that with COVID, if you've already had a pre-existing health condition of certain status, that you're at higher risk of getting COVID, and that can just knock you out for good. So I don't blame the guy for saying I can't show up, I can't work, I can't chance. He's got a wife. He already has. I think he already has one or two children from before and now he's got a new wife and a kid with her or something like that uh, or whatever. That's his personal stuff. But 
it's like, yeah, you got a lot of people at risk, including yourself, and you got to be the bread. You're the breadwinner, obviously, probably. So you really got to make sure you're there for your family. Um, so I figured he wasn't going to be back until maybe even next year, but it was a surprise for sure to see him. But I wasn't thrilled because I just know Vince loves Roman Reigns, no matter how he gets, you know, uh, how the fans react to him. He, Vince is like, just push Roman. I love Roman. I mean, it, it's Vince. It's what he does. Um, so, yes. overall, SummerSlam this year, would you say it was a good show? Was it worth watching? Was it entertaining, at least? I would say for the women's matches, for the Bailey Sasha and Bailey Oscar, that would be the main reason to watch. Uh, some people might say they liked McIntyre and Orton. Um, I didn't care for the match itself, but I also didn't care for how that one ended where, uh, the, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the finisher for Drew McIntyre is called the Claymore where he kind of runs out of nowhere and does a flying, like flying front, uh, kick to the face to you. And then Ray Orton is using the RKO, which is a cutter maneuver, kind of like a stone cold cutter, diamond cutter. Right. Um, right. And the tagline for the pay-per-view was SummerSlam, you'll never see it coming. So everyone thought, oh, okay, it's for the McIntyre Orton might, you know, okay, you'll never see it coming, RKO or Claymore, which, you know, whoever hits it is going to win their match. And McIntyre goes for the Claymore, Orton ducks it, and then Orton goes for the RKO, but instead Drew just rolls him up for a quick uh, backslide pin. It was very anticlimactic. Like, okay, you couldn't just take the Claymore kick and let him pin you if you're going to lose anyways but whatever and then the thing that turned out to be that you'll never see it coming was the roman reigns return so okay <laughs> so i mean the show is okay but uh again a lot of matches that we've seen before and a few of the matches it's like eh, do we need this on the preview we could have just uh you know that's something else but yeah right it's not not, yeah. not the most memorable SummerSlam by any means Understood. So now I've never really watched Raw or SmackDown, but I know there was another pay per view which was shocking so close after SummerSlam. Yeah, one week later. <laughs> so before I even do that, how often does something like this happen? Has this ever happened before? I mean, you get a pay per view a week <clears throat> after a pay per view? It doesn't really happen often. The most you'll have nowadays in like the last few years has been the Saudi shows where they go to Saudi Arabia for like the greatest show or the greatest rumble or whatever they call it. They change it up, crown uh, crown jewel or something. Uh, those you would have like you'd have WrestleMania and then like two weeks later you'd have a Saudi show and then two weeks later you have whatever the next preview is. So that was, you know, that's happened in the last few years, but other than that, no, it's not a common thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask that before we got into this. So knowing that this is almost an, this is this is almost unprecedented, and we're in unprecedented <laughs> times, and leave the WWE to sell out two pay per views in a row to capacity. We had payback. So what is payback? What's the premise behind this? This is the first I've really ever heard about payback. I mean, it's it's a name they've used before. I, I know they've used it like the last two years at least. 
Um, but it, it it doesn't really mean anything nowadays because long ago they had, of course, the big four, Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania, and then they started doing King of the Ring, and then later you had In Your House, which was when they started doing the monthly pay-per-views. Uh, they were a little bit shorter, and then they were like, like twenty bucks or fourteen ninety nine to twenty nine to twenty dollars versus the normal thirty bucks, whatever. Uh, they, then they started giving those taglines like WWF in your house, mind games, WWF in your house, international incident, whatever they call it something, and it has something to do with a big match or main event something. And then later on, in like the Attitude Era, the late Attitude Era, like ninety eight through two thousand. They had the, they still had the in your house tag for a little bit, and then they started calling it in your house backlash. So it'd be okay, the backlash following WrestleMania. So okay, these pay per view matches are going to be whatever happened at Mania, still rolling over into this maybe. So the storyline didn't fully end for some, for some of the matches, and they're going to do something else now. But payback, I mean, it doesn't. You would think like, okay, somebody's coming back to do something or whatever. It's like, well, okay, on the card, there's not really anybody coming back to do something they're paying back on. Like, yeah. It's like, who, who are you paying back to? What, what's the feud? There is no giant feud. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about these matches then, shall we? Yeah, it will be fast. True. <laughs> You you could talk a little about Biggie and Sheamus because it seems like they're starting to give Biggie a push, even though he's still part of that way past its time New Day gimmick. I'm so so sick of the New Day gimmick. I like Biggie. I like Kofi Kingston. I think they're both good. And uh, Kofi, of course, was a big star on his own long before they put him into this uh, stable or or trio. And Biggie was also uh, a single star, former Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he had his, uh, like, he was the muscle for Dolph Ziggler long ago, whatever. So he had other things okay. before this. And they're now giving Biggie a run. Only because uh, the other two members of New Day are both injured for a while now. We don't know when they're coming back. If, well, Xavier, I don't think he's ever coming back from what I've heard. I don't know. But uh, Kofi, he'll be back somewhere down the road, but he's just injured right now. Uh, but I wish they would just take advantage of this and be like, you know what, Biggie? Let's just have you do your singles run. Let's give you your old theme music back. We don't need to do New Day stuff. You can do other things. And he's still doing all the goofy stuff that they do, but it's just him doing it. So I'm like, this is not working. You got to push him solo correctly. But yeah, he had his first uh, you know big pay per view match, uh, singles match against uh, Sheamus, and he won, which is good. But uh, I'm nervous if they're gonna just keep him as the goofy. New Day person and still try to make a singles run out of this. Okay. So I think instead of me on this one going through match by match and talking about and, and, and mm -hmm. kind of picking what we're going to talk about here, let's yeah. just talk about what were some of the highlight matches aside from the title? Uh, let's see. Well, you had the women's tag team match for the uh, tag titles, which was Bailey and Sasha. Defending against the unlikely pairing of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Nia Jax, but she's had a, a steady history of being 
not so, uh, well, let's just say slightly careless in the ring, uh, where she's like botched moves, broken Becky Lynch's nose in the middle of a big moment on Raw, things like that. And, uh, people have not been taken to her very well. It's like this girl can't wrestle. She's, you know, careless. She doesn't protect others. So you got to be, you know, worried about that. But, Shayna Baszler came up from NXT and they had not done squat with her, so I'm glad she's at least doing something. Um, she was a former two-time NXT champion. She held the title for like almost the longest besides Oscar. Uh, I think Oscar held the title longer, but she held it for a long time anyways. But uh, this was just more to uh, drive a wedge between Sasha and Bailey because Bailey and Sasha lose the titles. And they lost it with Shayna putting them both in a submission at the same time. That was probably the the move of the night. Uh, Baszler has Banks in a leg submission, a uh, single leg submission, and then she gets Bailey in a sleeper hold. She drops to the ground, and the way they're laying, Sasha is like laying on her stomach next to Baszler, still with her leg in the, in the submission, and Baszler reaches over, grabs Sasha's arm, and drags it across Bailey's throat and uses that to choke uh Bailey into into tapping out and and submitting. Oh wow! Uh, so, yeah, so that was pretty badass. Nia Jax just out of the ring somewhere. Yeah, and then when they win, they have Nia just act like a complete idiot. Uh, she gets the belt and starts uh screaming and cheering into the camera. Very annoying. And uh, you're just gonna have this odd couple tag team champion you know gimmick now between the two of them, but. Baszler, at least, that was a good highlight there. Uh, you had a Keith Lee versus Orton. Keith Lee is a new uh, member to Raw. He was previously NXT champion as of, uh, actually, the Saturday before SummerSlam, he lost the NXT title uh, on the uh, TakeOver show, and then he got called up on Raw the following Monday, and uh, they had a match on Raw briefly for about three four minutes, and then McIntyre interfered, and Orton and him just kept, you know, fighting because it was leading up to the SummerSlam. Okay. But anyways, uh, or I'm sorry, not leading up to SummerSlam. That was the day after SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, that was uh, when Orton kicks McIntyre in the head twice with the running punt kick, and now McIntyre's out for like a week or two recovering, but he'll be back, and he's still champ. But then Keith Lee against Orton, and I really thought, okay... They're going to bring Keith Lee up and just bury him right away because he's going against Orton. Uh, but surprisingly, they actually let Keith Lee pin Orton clean. He hit him with a, a finisher and pinned him, and it was only like six minutes long. So that was impressive to see that. But I'm still wary because Orton came out the next night on Raw, acting like, eh, whatever. I still get a title shot. <laughs> so that didn't do Lee any favors. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but I guess the main thing to talk about would be the main event, which is a no-holds-barred triple threat match for the Universal title. We have the newly crowned champion as of last Sunday, The Fiend, defending against the former champion, Braun Strowman, and now Roman Reigns, who just oh, no. returned six days ago and is now in the Universal title match. What? <laughs> hey, hey! You know how like football teams can fight? Yeah, you know, they can they can have their their games 
to go into these things called playoffs to earn the right to go to the Super Bowl, but then that one team just shows up and says, "Hey, we didn't play all season, but we're in the, we're in this thing too, right?" Well, <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. Well, they just show up. Yeah, I'm part of this now too. <laughs> so this sounds like Vince having it his way and. Hold on. So I haven't scrolled down my article far enough to look at this match fully. I'm still scrolling. Mm-hmm. So before I get to it, mm-hmm. Roman wins, doesn't he? Oh yeah. But of course. It, so so here's how they do it. On SmackDown, we only see Roman two times before this match. We see him on SummerSlam, and then on SmackDown, they have a uh, they have the the uh, I guess he's supposed to be like the general manager. Adam Pierce is his name. And he's a bumbling kind of just like, oh, oh, oh I got to do this. Man, I'll be mad, whatever. And Vince is on the show. And Vince says, hey, I need you to go get signatures from all three guys for the contract for the match. And uh, he's like, okay. He gets a signature from Braun. He gets a signature from Bray. And then he says to Vince, hey, I've gone to Roman's door and knocked. And he, he doesn't answer. And he's like, well, you better go back and get it. So he goes back to there and he ends up he knocks on the door and then he just opens the door and goes in and Roman's in there and Roman's just sitting there on a on a bench and he's like hey I need you to sign this and Roman's like yeah I'm not gonna sign this but I'll be there at the pay review and I'll win the universal title that I never lost which I'm like wait a minute you you forfeited that title like two years ago whenever you were diagnosed with cancer yes that was the the storyline slash real life and we're glad you, you know, recovered from it, obviously. But you've been, you know, it's been like two years since that. You're really going to connect it to that, but whatever. Well, that's when he says, I'm going to win the universal title, too. And he looks to his left off camera and he says, and that's not a spoiler. That's a prediction. And then the camera pans out and you see Paul Heyman is sitting next to Roman. And so now we see Paul Heyman is now managing or the... uh what does he call himself? Uh, well, he says he's the advocate for Brock Lesnar, so now he's the advocate what? for Roman Reigns. <laughs> so was the advocate for Brock Lesnar. Apparently Brock Lesnar's no longer in WWE. Well, yeah, because his contract hasn't been re-signed, and I know they removed all his merch and everything off of uh, the WWE shop zone right now, but I don't think they're going to have him back until we get audiences. Like, he'll be back. He's not going to go back to UFC. I don't think he can even fight yet if he's allowed to. I don't know who he is, but uh, he, he failed their their uh, drug policy on his last fight. Um, I don't know if that ever got squared away. And there's rumors that AEW might take him, but I'm like, really? Like, I mean, that'd be a big get for them, sure, but I don't, I don't know how or what would happen. Is he going to just do the same thing? He'll show up. Every you know two three months, do something and leave. I mean, I guess, but I don't know if that, that's the you know way that he'll go. But I think they're just waiting for him to have an audience. I don't think they want to pay the money for. I know, I know, he wanted to raise, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to. We're not doing raises." There's, you know, they're not making any money really right now without an audience, and uh, they're not going to give raises. So yeah, gotcha. Well. Eh, it's WWE. Yeah, <laughs> they don't ever but, want to pay their talent. But with the match itself, like the match starts with Fiend and Braun fighting, and no Roman. Which I'm like, wait, don't all competitors have to be in the ring for the match to start? But oh, okay, I guess not. We're, we're changing the rules again. 
and they fight for I don't know, like eight minutes at least or so. And then not until they're both down and like pretty much out from hitting each other with everything and finishers and such. Roman's music hits, which I was not happy with. I thought you're bringing him back. You're starting a new, not necessarily new gimmick, but you're going to maybe turn him heel or something. Please, new ring gear and new music because he's still using the shield music. And he's still wearing the bulletproof vest and all that crap from when he was in the shield. And so I'm like, just change everything to, you know, make him his own character. But no, he had he had the uh, he had everything on, like the regular ring gear except he's wearing the t shirt. So I don't know if he had the bulletproof vest on underneath it, but he's got a uh, uh the the new shirt they, they want everyone to buy. Uh but he comes out on stage with Heyman. Heyman is holding the contract from SmackDown and Roman signs the contract right there at, on the top of the ramp. Then he gets in the ring, does a couple of spears. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. They did the uh, breaking the ring gimmick again, if you're familiar with that. Are you familiar with the breaking the ring gimmick? I am not, so let me let me hear a little bit about this. Uh, what they Well, this first happened back in 2003, uh, Brock Lesnar and the big, or maybe it was 2002. No, it's was, was early three or so. I can't remember. But anyways, I know that I know it, what week it happened because I met Brock Lesnar this week in real life um, on SmackDown. Okay. Uh, it was on SmackDown. This is back when they would tape the show on Tuesday and then air it on Thursday. And uh, on on the show, uh, Lesnar is fighting the Big Show. Uh, you know, star of the Netflix series. Well, no, no longer. It just got canceled, but the Big Show show. Anyways, uh, he suplexes Big Show off the top rope uh, in, into the ring, and as soon as they both crash onto the mat, the ring uh, breaks, and which means they pulled out the two turnbuckle posts that are uh, in the front of the ring towards the hard camera, and then the ref like flips like, whoa, out of the ring. and let. Uh, The first time it happened, awesome. They've done it like four other times in the last 15 years. So it does kind of lose its luster after that. But uh, they did the same thing again. Uh, the Fiend uh, suplexed Braun. And I'm like, eh, Braun's not really that big a guy. He's, he's a big guy, but he's not that big. It's not like you're suplexing Andre the Giant, okay? But they did that, and then the rinks, you know, breaks. And the match continues, and never have they ever done that. They've done this gimmick where they've broken the ring, and then the match ends, but... Not until that happens, that's when Roman comes in and signs the contract, and then he's carrying a chair, he goes down to the ring, he drops the chair, gets inside, uh, he goes to pin, I think he tried to pin the Fiend first, and the ref counts to a two, then he crawled over to Rome, uh, Braun and tried to pin him, and he kicks out. Then he just unloads on them with, chill, with steel chairs, and then he spears them, and then he ends up pinning... I think he pinned Braun. I don't think he pinned uh, the Fiend. No, 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 no. He kicks the Fiend in the balls. So Fiend has balls, and then he oh, rolls out of the well, ring. Well, hey, you know what? At least now we can confirm the Fiend is man. <laughs> and then we get the typical, uh, just like, I mean, he had already tried pinning uh, Braun, and Braun kicked out. And then we get the kick out, spear, pin, and that's it. And Roman wins the title, and The Fiend loses the Universal title for the second time 
to technically a part-timer because he lost to Goldberg earlier this year. And Goldberg uh, wrestled, what, two matches? Strowman. Right, he dropped it to Strowman. Strowman, who dropped it to The Fiend, who just dropped it to Roman because it's Roman. Yep. You know, I like The Fiend's character. I hate how they're handling it, but I guess that's Mm -hmm. for me another time when maybe I decide to sit down and watch some WWE. Yeah, it's it's, it's frustrating. It sounds like they scheduled this as an event as an event as a whole reason to give Roman a title shot in a pay-per-view. Yeah, because they could have is... let him do this on Raw. This could have happened on Raw or SmackDown or whatever the hell mm-hmm. brand he's a part of right now. Yeah. This could have happened. Instead, mm-hmm. they made it a pay-per-view to make more money off of, oh, or my Vince saying, oh, my golden boy's back. You know, my golden child's back. He's, he's coming yep. in. He feels comfortable wrestling again. And Yep. I mean, to its credit, WWE... And I don't know how much of this is true or if it's reported or any of that. Mm. But they don't have a COVID outbreak happening at the performance. Nope. I mean, they did have... Uh, I they know they had... At least that's been reported. And that's the key word because it's Vince and you never know. But well, it's been reported. Uh, have you heard about Renee Young? I have not. Okay. Do you know who Renee Young is? Uh, I'm assuming a wrestler. Uh, uh, no, she's actually uh, she was a uh, commentator slash interviewer. Um, she would do like she did commentating on Raw for a while on NXT. Uh, she did play by play stuff, whatnot, and then she would also be the one just to interview people on you know backstage or in the ring, whatever. And they hardly use her in the, like the last probably year or so. But um, she's also married in real life to uh, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. John Moxley, the current AEW champion. <laughs> uh, they're married in real life. They've been married for a little while now. Um, but uh, she hadn't been on Raw or SmackDown. She may be on like their The Bump or their Fox. Uh, what was that show called? Backstage. She was on that, uh, hosting the show for a while. Anyways, um, she recently, her contract was up and they didn't uh, renew it or she didn't want to renew it. Uh, not sure yet exactly, but I I've heard rumors that she did not want to resign. She wanted to go somewhere else or do something else. There's rumors that she may go to AW because her husband is the champ and works there, and that's fine. But there's rumors that she may just go off and do something else. So she may go to uh, I know she used to maybe work for ESPN even or something. So she may try to do that. I don't know. Um, but she was the first one earlier uh, in the uh, summertime or earlier. Uh, whenever COVID first started happening, she was the first one to kind of come out and say, Oh, I, you know, I got it. And she had it for a little while and, you know, she got over it. And she was interviewed on a uh, show or podcast. I can't remember which one it was uh, just in the last week. And she can, you know, admit it saying, that, Oh, they did not like that one bit that I had told uh, the public. And I think she had just tweeted it or something. Um, letting people know that she was, you know, sick with COVID and uh, she was, you know, dealing with it and hoping to, you know, overcome it. And apparently she said, yeah, they were furious that I let that out. They didn't want people knowing that any of their people had whatnot. And other people have said they had it or have it or whatnot. And then they came out with another thing midsummer, like mid-June, I think, or early July that, like, 40-something people tested positive. 
And it was a mixture of... Oh, wow. Well, it was a mixture of talent. So it could be on-screen talent, wrestlers, commentators, uh, whoever, referees, uh, ring crew. It could be writers, creative. It could be anybody in the company. But there was at least 40 that uh, people had said uh, in that range had been affected or had COVID or either had it or currently have it and whatnot. And that's why... That's one reason, at least, why we don't see all the re- all the wrestlers that they have there on the shows. Actually, there's wrestlers we haven't seen in like four or five months because, again, they have said we don't want to work during it, or maybe they can't work because they already had it and they're still battling it. Okay, that's interesting. But I was very disappointed to hear that she was gone because she was somebody I thought, oh my god, we've never had. A, a female play-by-play or color commentator, either way, whatever, what, whichever position on the commentator, commentary table, we've never had a female on SmackDown, and she's good. She's not the greatest, but you t- you need time to develop that, and she was good just with what she was doing, so I was hoping they were going to replace some of the you know people that they've had. Michael Cole, get rid of him. I hate him. I can't stand him. And start something new but they never they just again it's like let's try something for a little bit uh well Vince isn't happy with it oh let's just stick with what we've got like no no, no. that's not how you grow or advance or whatever so yeah interesting yeah well I think that's all there is on WWE mm, yeah I mean uh I, I still recommend I've recommended this before check out NXT um, yeah, I need they, to do that. Uh, if anything, do yourself this. If you haven't checked, if you don't watch the weekly show of NXT, that's fine. But you want to just uh, give a sample of some of what NXT can do. Yes, it's a different time because we don't have the live audience and the audience really does help make the shows better. Go check out the takeovers. <clears throat> Pull up the network and just watch some random takeovers. I would recommend the takeover in New Orleans. I think that's the one from two or three years ago with a uh, amazing ladder match, probably one of the greatest ladder matches in history. I know I'm overhyping it, but uh, watch it and you'll be like, he wasn't overhyping it. Uh, like six guys, I believe. I think I know Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole. Okay. I can't remember the other ones, but yeah, check those out. Check the takeover shows out. They're good. I'll have to take a look at that for sure. Because, um, yeah, I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to look at NXT because I know it's a little bit better quality at times, so to speak, than WWE is. At least it's more pure wrestling in a sense. So I'll have to check it out. It is. Um, I still also need to check out AEW at some point. I don't know anything about what's going on with them or even if they're still doing their shows, but I'll have to check <coughs> it up. Yeah, it's hard for me to, well, like, Right now, I think they're talking about moving, potentially, I don't know if it's true, I've heard rumors, I'll say it's a rumor, of them maybe moving NXT to Tuesday night, but I know they've been on Tuesday last week, and this week coming, they're going to, or this week and next week, they're they're on Tuesday for some reason, I don't know what what the show that they're, whatever is, you know, making them change for the week, but uh, Wednesday night's been the Wednesday night war now, because NXT and AEW air at the same time and 
Of course, with a one-year-old, I don't have any time to sit down in front of the TV for more than 10, 20 minutes to be able to watch any of them live. I gotta watch uh, NXT the next day. Um, and AEW, I haven't been able to watch at all because they don't have... They're not, they're not, it's not like they're on Hulu or something. I can watch NXT on Hulu, even though they take out like a match or two, just like they do with Raw and SmackDown, whatever. But uh, AW's not on anything except TNT. You have to watch it on there. So, yeah. Okay. So, AEW isn't available on a streaming service like WWE stuff is. Like, I know WWE, you can watch <clears> it on their network, you can watch it on Hulu. And other than maybe an yeah. on demand service, you can't watch much of it on. If, uh, if you have like, if you're on like a cable provider like you know Dish or Xfinity, you can watch it from home on demand. But on any other device, I have not been able to watch it. So like, even if I could, even if I have like access to Xfinity mm-hmm. uh, through like my phone or tablet, uh, I can't watch it unless I watch it from my home if it's you know my provider kind of thing. So. Gotcha. It's so like my parent access only. So like if I'm sitting yeah. at if I'm at a restaurant and want to watch it, I can't. Because it's right. not on my own Wi-Fi, which is dumb. I hate that. I'm already paying your service yeah. to use it. I'm paying you the subscription. Let me watch it where I want. Right. You can't they won't even let you take <clears throat> me on a rant real quick before I even close the show out. But listen here, cable providers. What we need to do is make it to where I can pick what channels I want to actually pay you for. So I don't have to pay for shit I'll never watch. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of shit out there I'll never watch. And the only reason I'm paying a cable subscription is because I'm a baseball fan who hates the fact that blackouts are a thing in 2020. <laughs> and I can keep going on this. I really can. Mm. I'm probably going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll go too long. Because blackouts are a thing that shouldn't exist in 2020. If I want to watch my baseball team online, if I'm paying you money to do it, you should let me freaking do it. And on that right. note, I want to thank you, Mr. Junkie, for joining us this week. Um, it's been a blast having you on and letting us talk for so long about WWE. Oh, it's been a blast just getting to be back on and, and hang out. And we got to talk about a lot of cool stuff. No, we definitely did. And before we close out, I just want to let you give a shout out to yourself here. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. Well, you can always check out my YouTube channel, uh, Pop Culture Junkie, and you can check out all the crazy different content I've got on there. Uh, things have had to definitely slow down a bit because of uh, the hectic stuff going on in my personal life with uh, you know one-year-old moving into a new home, and then COVID <laughs> definitely affected me because uh, a lot of my content is me going out and about to places, uh, showing things, talking about things, and can't do that a lot of places. And a lot of places aren't even open right now that I, could, I used to do that at. Um, but at the same time, I'm still doing uh, my social media stuff, so you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Pop Culture Junkie, uh, Twitter, Pop Culture Junk 2, where I do live tweet during wrestling pay reviews. So uh, if you were watching SummerSlam or Payback, I, I was sending out tweets during that show, <clears throat> sharing my thoughts and opinions in the now, in the moment that we were watching. And, uh, uh, as well, also just keep an eye out on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm on there as well. But uh, on Twitter lately, I've been sharing a lot of uh, random uh, finds because uh, I'm going through my personal treasures collection of things I've collected from childhood till today. And I'm coming across things I never 
even recall owning or buying. I'm recall. I'm I'm coming across items I haven't seen in over 25, 30 years now uh, that I didn't even realize I had, and then I forgot I had it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember this. So uh, keep an eye on that on Twitter if you want to find uh, see some really interesting items that uh, some people have told me. I don't even know how you have this or where you found this or what. And so I'm going to be doing some more videos uh, on that once I get uh, a, a proper setup because I don't have a what you would call a studio setup right now to fully shoot any uh, uh, YouTube content in-house uh, yet. But with all the stuff I've been finding lately, I can't wait to sit down and talk about some stuff that I've got because, yeah, there's been some crazy finds lately. Yeah, I saw that. You got some of the crazy finds, and in crazy finds, you mean those NEC? Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtle toys, because those were sick. I could not believe I was I was able to find those. I could not believe it. And found them on the shelf, still had the security uh, wires connected to them, and just happened to... I, I was with my son. He was in the shopping cart, and I see them. I'm like, am I really seeing NECA, Turtles, the movie... Two packs, Donnie and Leo, Raph and Mikey. What? I threw them in the cart, pushed the cart over somewhere to hide, and like, wait, it's real? Are these? Oh my god, let me scan them with the app real quick. They, they really are them. Oh my god. And I took pictures. I was like, I'm going to show proof that I got these off the off the shelf. Nobody was holding them. No employee hookups, nothing. I found these just in the wild. It was amazing. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Then you find the Bray Wyatt, and you always have better luck finding those things than I do for sure. Oh, I mean, it's 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 hit or miss, and I've been to. I mean, people that follow me on on Twitter, especially they they see uh, they they see my frustration where I, I'll be at a store, I'll take a picture, and be like, "Look at this again," you know, struck out, try to find this. Uh, it's just yeah, it's the luck of the draw sometimes, and and I'm surprised that the store I found those at, I'm like, did the employees just not realize how sought after these things are? Because uh, you never see those. those The Neko things, like, the same Neko figures that are on the shelf, they're the same ones all the time. You never see anything new. So that was a great find. And then, yeah, the Bray Wyatt one. I've never seen that figure in stores. I've never seen the Fiend Bray Wyatt in stores. Uh, it's only online that people adore Bray it's like $35 online where it was nineteen ninety nine at the store. So I was like, ooh, yay. Yeah, no, really good pick. Yeah. Really good find. Um, but on that note, guys, um, I guess that's our episode this week. So join us next time. And Antonio should hopefully be back then. Once again, thank you, Mr. Junkie. And go check him out on his social media channels and on his YouTube links in the description for the episode.